What's up, everybody? How you doing today? It's great to see you. I'm pumped about Serve Day. I think it's going to be awesome at New Hope. I want to clarify one thing Kenzie just said. She said, old, old, 1980s. And I know there's some people in the room right now who are like, whoa, whoa, easy. <laughs> it hasn't been touched since the 1980s. Like literally has not been renovated or updated or whatever. So that's what she means by old, old. If you exist before the 1980s, we love you. We think you're awesome. And hopefully you have kept yourself updated since the 1980s, okay? So I think Serve Day is going to be great. I'm excited about it. I think already what's been happening in that school has been incredible. Next week, I got a bunch of updates for you on projects of things we've been working on over the last year that I'm really excited to share with you. And New Hope has been a massive victory for our church this year. Just the, the, the difference that we're making there and the friendships and connections. The people who work at that school are gold. They're amazing people, and for us to partner with them is super great, so I'm excited about that. Hey, uh, if you weren't here last week, let me give you a quick recap of what, what's going on here at the church, right? Some places have Christmas stuff out already. They've had Halloween stuff out since August. We're putting New Year's stuff out right now, okay? 2024 preview. We as a church are looking forward into 2024, and we're excited about what God's going to do in 2024 in our church we don't want to wait till January to start gearing up for it. We want to start getting ready for it now. We want to start praying for it now. We want to start believing for it now. We don't want January to hit and then we're like, all right, here, what's this year going to be? We want to declare now what 2024 is going to be. We want to declare now what God's going to do in 2024 and start getting excited about it and gearing up for it. So that's what we started last week. And last week we Gave a couple stats. One thing that we've learned as a church is that over the last year, we have 2,000 people who call LifeCo home. 2,000 people who come to church here. Now, if you look around attendance on a Sunday morning, we do not have 2,000 people who show up every week. But if everyone showed up on the same Sunday, it'd be 2,000 people who come to our church. A third of that shows up every week in church. A fourth of that is on a crew, and a fifth of that is on a team. And so when we look at this, one of the things that we feel is, man, our church could grow in 2024 in faithfulness. Our church could grow in faithfulness. Now, before you think that what I'm saying here is just that I'm gonna beat you guys over the head, you need to show up, why? Because we wanna get our numbers up. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as a, as a shepherd, as a pastor of a flock, I'm looking at our church and I'm going, hey, this is an area that we as a people can grow in, not just in the church, but in our personal lives and our families. The area of faithfulness is going to be a game changer for us in 2024. We also said that of our church, of those 2,000 people, a fourth of our church is kids and a third of our team serves in kids ministry. Right now, we, we should shout so loud for the kids workers that are working right now and just champion them. They've got, a, they've got a costume party going on right now in kids' church. By the way, Halloween is such a divisive thing, right? Can I just, can I, can I throw some things at you real quick? Um, Halloween came from, years ago, an old Christian holiday 
that was All Saints Day is November 1st, and the day before, people celebrated All Hallows' Eve. Hallow being holy, Eve, so All Saints. It was the day before All Saints Day, and kids would dress up to honor one of their favorite saints or one of their favorite you know, people who went before us, and they would go and they would get candy. Okay, this is what this was. And then that turned into a celebration of all things dead and spooky. And then that turned into, you know, Halloween now, you've got everything from, you know, you got all kinds of crazy stuff happening on Halloween. But I believe that Christians shouldn't always just cancel things, we should baptize things. Okay, we shouldn't, no, we shouldn't always just cancel things, we should baptize things. Christmas was Christians baptizing a pagan holiday. So if you're going to get really stickler about what you will and will not celebrate, go ahead and cancel Christmas because that was a pagan holiday. Also, Jesus was not born on December 25th, okay? He was probably born in like April or March or something like that, okay? He was not born in December. So what did Christians do? We took a pagan holiday and we baptized it in the name of Jesus. And what do we have? We have now the biggest celebration around the world is Christmas, where we celebrate and honor the birth of Jesus, okay? So here's some ideas for Halloween. You do not need to be a grumpy, uh, a grumpy person who sits on your doorstep and curses everybody. You do not need to go into spiritual warfare in your closet and pray and, and like free. Here's what you can do. You, you can be an example of celebrating good things and not bad things, so let me just say that. Smile, give out candy, bless somebody, and when a, when a little ghoul comes to your front door, maybe you can pray for them, okay? Um, there you go. All right, so, so just, just so everyone knows, we're, we're gonna baptize that holiday, and today we're baptizing it. There's a costume party in Kids Church, and somebody's gonna win, and it's gonna be awesome. So huge shout out to the kids team. You guys are amazing. We love you so much. So a, so a third of our team serves in kids' ministry. A fourth of our church is kids. We have an opportunity, no pun intended, to be faithful with little, with our little kids. We have, a, we have an opportunity to be faithful with little there. So what we said last week was that our theme for 2024 is faithful with little. Over 2024, we're gonna become more faithful with little. What does that mean? What does that look like? I'm gonna dive into a little bit of that today, and then next week we got, we've got have a bunch of updates and, and announcements next week that I'm excited about. But today I wanna to dig a little deeper on this idea of faithful with little. Matthew 25 is a story that you've probably heard before. I preached it earlier this year, but maybe you're one of those people who doesn't come to church every week. Okay, so I'm gonna preach it again. Here's the thing, if you've heard this story before, do not zone out, do not check out. The word of God is living, breathing, and active. Do not zone out, do not check out. I could read the same passage every single day and see something new and fresh every single day because it is living, breathing, active, okay? Listen to this. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability, then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. Remember that, that'll be important later. He traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But the one who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground. 
dug in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a little. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered to him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered, where I've scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. Listen to this right here. For everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is a wild passage. It's a it's, a, it's one of these passages that if you've grown up in church, you've definitely heard this before. I wanna explain a couple things. A talent is not literally talent like in English, talent like, an, like a gift or ability. A talent is a weight, a measurement of weight. A talent probably, we're talking millions of dollars worth of wealth that we're talking about here. And so he gives to each one of the servants a weight of his glory, a weight of his property, a weight of his wealth, and he goes on a trip. And two of the servants return a, make a return on his investment, and one of the servants buries the talent in the ground. I want to talk to you just for a moment about what we are and aren't saying for 2024. And I'm going to start with this, okay? Faithful with little does not mean that we're shrinking back or playing it safe. Faithful with little does not mean that in 2024 we're going to shrink back or we're going to play it safe. LifeCo will be a very dangerous place to be in 2024. It will be dangerous. It will not be safe. It will not be a safe space. Everything's good. Everything's safe. It will be a risk-taking place in 2024. It will be a believe big place in 2024. It'll be a bet the farm kind of place in 2024. We're not shrinking back our faith. We're not holding back what God is able to do. We're not, what we're saying is we need to focus on what God has given us and be faithful with what God has given us rather than chasing the things we wish we were and we wish we had. Let me say that one more time. We need to be faithful with what God has given us rather than spending our time and our energy chasing the things we wish we had and the things we wish we were. Instead, we're gonna be faithful with what God has already given us. I like that clap. Thank you to this section for starting up that clap. Started like a lawnmower that hasn't run in a while. But it was good, I liked it, thank you, that was great. So faithful with little, we're not holding back 
We're not shrinking back. I think a lot of times we think that we are successful because we're busy. Let me say this one more time. I think a lot of times we think we're successful because we're busy. I think a lot of us think we put in hard work because we're tired. Tired does not mean that you have worked hard that day. Tired does not mean that you have accomplished everything you were supposed to accomplish that day. We live in a world that is chronically burnout, chronically tired, chronically spinning our wheels. And why is that? I believe that is because our world behaves like the third servant. Let me show you the difference between the first servant and the third. The first servant gets handed the five talents, and what does he do with it? It says he went at once and began trading with those five talents and made five more. He began trading. What did he do? He went, got involved with other people, talked with other people, negotiated with other people, and came back with five more. What did the third servant do? The third servant, the Bible tells us, dug in the ground and buried what he was given. Now, I don't know about you, but I've heard the debate quite a bit about the difference between manual labor and like a sales job, okay? If you're in the manual labor field or if you're a sales job person, you hear about how people talk, oh, that's not real work, oh, sales isn't real work, you're just talking all day, oh, you know, you hear the battle between the two. I often think that manual labor is a lot harder in a, in a lot of ways. What was this guy doing? He was digging in the ground. He was doing manual labor. He was digging. Now, I remember when I was younger, I came home from school one day. My dad had a shovel. And he said, dude, we're putting in a fence in the backyard. And you're digging some holes in the ground for the posts. So he has a shovel. And here I am probably, I don't know how old I was, 12 13, whatever, with a shovel, digging in the backyard. Digging is not easy work. This servant chose to spend his time digging. He chose to spend his time digging up the dirt to put the talent in the dirt. And at the end of the day, I bet you he was very tired. I bet you he was exhausted. I bet you he was worn out, but he was not successful. And so many of us, I believe, spend our time choosing the things to do that are, we're really playing it safe, we're scared, we're nervous, we're scared to lose, we're scared that we're gonna make a mistake, we're scared, and so instead of spending our time and our energy on what could actually make a difference, instead we spend all of our energy and work digging. We're just digging. Yeah, of course you're tired. Yeah, of course you're worn out. Yeah, of course you're burnt out. You've been digging all day. But digging does not mean successful. Yeah, of course you're, you're, man, I'm just so tired. I don't know if I can serve. I don't know if I can give. I don't know if I can be a part. I don't know if I can do all this stuff because I'm just so worn out. Yeah, you're spending all of your energy doing the stuff that doesn't make a difference. You're spending all of your energy on stuff that isn't actually advancing the cause. You're spending all of your energy on stuff that isn't actually glorifying God with what he's given you. And so at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so exhausted. 
You know what blows my mind? I've been watching church long enough. I grew up in church. I grew up in 90s church. Okay, red carpet, purple chairs kind of church. I grew up, I grew up in church. I grew up in 90s shofar blowing church, uh, tambourine waving church. I grew up in church. I've seen all the different iterations of church, right? I've seen all the different versions, right? Um, and one thing that I've noticed is that the people who are the most joyful, who have the most energy, are like serving faithfully. How does that make any sense? How does it make any sense that the people who are the busiest with their time in that way have the most energy and vitality and life? I am not equating busy with success, okay? What I'm saying is, what you're, you're gonna be busy. Are you gonna be busy with the right things or are you gonna be busy with a shovel in your hand? Now, the guy with the shovel was by himself. He was isolated. He was by himself and he was doing work on his own. He was digging in a field, digging a hole, putting the, thing, you know, putting the talent in the ground. He was isolated. He was busy, but he was isolated. The guy who had the 10 talents, who was given five and he made 10, he was busy, but he was connecting with other people. He was busy, but he was in relationship with other people. You can't trade by yourself. Trading requires two parties at least. So what was he doing? He was growing his network, his relationships, his friendships. Nobody's gonna trade with you if you're a bad person. Nobody's gonna trade with you if you're untrustworthy. Nobody's gonna trade with you if they don't believe that you are faithful to do what you say you're gonna do. But this guy was out trading. He was networking. He was making connections and he brought back five additional talents. You're gonna be busy in 2024, but you're gonna be busy in relationship with other people, being faithful to the things that really matter. In 2024, we're not shrinking back. We're not grabbing our shovel and burying what we are in the ground. No, we are engaging. We are opening up. We're, we're doing the scary thing, which is making new fr friendships, new connections. We're being faithful. We're doing the things that really matter. And I believe that over 2024, if we can shift out of an isolated shovel kind of work into a connected body of Christ kind of work, I believe that all of us are gonna see the measure that God has given us increase in 2024. I believe whatever it is he's called you to do, whatever it is he's called you to be will increase in 2024 as we get out of our shovel-holding, isolated life and into an open trading kind of a life. As we get into that and we're faithful with one another, faithful in our serving, faithful in our giving, faithful in our marriage, faithful in our business, faithful, you know, as we do that, man, you're, that's what brings God so much joy. Before you think that it's about the stuff for God, we have this story where the guy who doesn't return an investment, he says, depart from me, you wicked and slothful servant. And maybe you could think, oh man, God is brutal. He just cares about the stuff. But Jesus tells another story about the prodigal son. The prodigal son goes to his father and he says, I want my share of the inheritance. Which, in other words, was him saying to his father, you're dead to me. Give me what you owe me. You're dead to me. Give me, give me my half. So the father gives him a half and he leaves. 
And the Bible says that he goes and he squanders it on wild living. He squanders it in bars. He squanders it with alcohol. He squanders it with prostitutes. He squanders all of the money that his father had worked so hard for. He goes and he squanders it all away. And the Bible says that when he hit rock bottom, he says, even the servants have it better in my father's house. I will go to him and I'll say, hey, would you just make me a servant in your house again? And as he's returning home, the father sees him while he's still a long ways off and he runs to him and he throws a coat on him and he brings him into his house and he kills the fatted calf and he throws a party and he says this, he says, this son of mine was lost and now he is found. He's returned home. It's not about the stuff for God. It's about the posture of our heart and the position of our heart. So that is why the two servants who are faithful, God is rewarding a posture. He's not, he's, it's not like the master is just rewarding, thank you, I gave you this, you gave me this stuff back. But he's rewarding a posture, a posture of openness, a posture of I'm going to get out there and trade, a posture of I'm going to invest, a posture of I'm going to be faithful, a posture of I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to come back to God with more than what he's given me because my heart is in it. I'm engaged. I'm putting God first. That's what he's rewarding. So in 2024, we're going to put our shovels away. We're going to put our shovels away. We're not shrinking back. We're not holding back. We're not living in isolation. It blows my mind when I think about it that we live in a world that's more connected than ever before, and yet it's less connected than ever before. Blows my mind that we live in a world where you can literally reach people all around the world with one touch of a button on your phone, and yet for some reason, we're on more antidepressants and, and anxiety medicine and all that than ever before. Why is that? I believe it's because we're clinging to a shovel. I believe it's because we're clinging to the behaviors that are isolated and alone and fearful rather than clinging to connectedness and relationship and faithfulness and getting out there and trading the talents that God has given us. So we're not shrinking back. We're not holding back. 2024 is not going to be a year of us saying, faithful with little means punt. Faithful with little means Hail Mary. Faithful with little means no. Faithful with little means we're, it's, it's dangerous here. It's dangerous we're going we're gonna to believe big. We're going to trust big. We're going to swing for the fences. We're going we're gonna to go for it. But we're not chasing somebody else's vision and somebody else's dreams and somebody else's. We're going to be faithful with what God has given us. That's 2024. All right, here's another thought that you have to believe about 2024. I want you to actually start praying this thought right here. God wants to increase you. Let me say this one more time. God wants to increase you. You could actually say it this way. God wants to increase me. God wants to increase our church. God wants to increase our influence. He wants to increase our joy. He wants to increase our peace. He wants to increase. Here's the problem, okay? There is a, a thing called the prosperity gospel, okay? And what you hear when you hear prosperity gospel is a message that, you know, God just, he wants you rich and healthy all the time. That's what he wants. It's health and wealth all the time. That's that, and that's the only focus. That's the only thing we talk about. When that becomes the only thing we talk about, we're missing some stuff, 
okay? We're missing some stuff. Now, on the other side, people embrace this life that's like God wants you poor and broke and unhealthy. Because the only way to combat the prosperity gospel is to be anti-prosperity. So we're gonna be anti-health and wealth. We're gonna be anti all of those things because you know it's this is what it is. And I think both extremes are wrong. I believe that our God is a God of prosperity, but that our definition of prosperity is too limited. You are prospering when in the face of adversity you are praising. You are, you are prospering when in the face of hardship, you're saying what Job says. You give and take away. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to say, blessed be your name, God. That's a form of prospering. You're prospering when, like Paul, you learn to abound with much and with little. I believe in a gospel that brings us to prosperity, but I believe that our definition of prosperity is too limited to just health and wealth. And I believe what God wants to increase in our life is also our faithfulness, our ability, our trustworthiness, our, our Christ-likeness. We are prospering when we look more like Jesus today than we did yesterday. We are prospering when our faith increases. We're prospering when our trust increases. We're prospering when we're faithful with little. Now, listen to this right here. This is what he says. He says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You've been faithful with little. I will set you over much. God wants to increase you. He wants to increase you. He wants your influence to grow. He wants your reach to grow. He wants your ability to grow. He wants your Christ-likeness to grow. He, he's not going to, um, he's not gonna increase things that are gonna harm you. He's not gonna give the guy who has one talent more because he couldn't handle one. So why is he gonna give him more? He needs our character to increase. He needs our faithfulness to increase. He wants to bless us. He wants to reward us. And what I love here is that he says, you've been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. By the way, five talents, we're talking millions of dollars worth of wealth. Millions of dollars. And he says, you've been faithful over managing that millions over, but he calls that a little. He calls five talents, which we're talking again, millions of dollars, he calls that little. And then he says, I will set you over much. Man, if five was little, I'd love to know what God had coming for this servant after that. And that's the attitude that God has towards us. Man, you're just getting started with what God is able to do in your life. You're just getting started with what God can do in and through you. You're just getting started. But what we can't have is we can't have a bunch of unfaithful people who call themselves Christians just praying for more stuff. God, give me stuff. Give me this. Give me that. Man, it, it's such a, that's not what it's about. It's not about this stuff. It's about being faithful to Jesus. And so faithful with little. He says, 
You've been faithful over little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. God wants to increase your joy in 2024. I don't know if you've ever had a boss where you went to your boss and you had to ask him or her for a pay raise and ask for an increase. And you go to your boss and you just know, my boss hates me and does not want to give me any more money, does not want to, does not want to increase anything, does not want to... You know, maybe you've had a boss like that, or maybe you've had a boss where at every chance they got, they were like, I want to reward you. I want to thank you. I want to, you know, I want to appreciate you for everything that you've done. Maybe you've had a boss that has been stingy, or maybe you've had a boss that's been generous. It's much nicer to work for a generous boss, right? Our God, his posture is generosity. To the point that the Bible tells us, while you were dead in your trespasses, while you were spiritually bankrupt, God sent Jesus. Amen. The posture of our God is generosity. The posture of our God is I want to increase you. The posture of our God is I want to give you more influence. I want to give you more reach. I want to give you more, all that stuff. But there's a key here, and that key is faithfulness. That key is character. That key is integrity. That key is becoming like Jesus. So this is the third thing that you have to believe about 2024, and that is faithfulness is the key between where you are and where you want to be. Faithfulness is gonna be the key between where you are and where you want to be. I have people come to me all the time and they say, Kyle, I feel like God's called me to ministry, or I feel like God wants me to start a business, or I feel like God wants this or that, and you, you kind of have these dreams of what you could be and what God could do through you and all this stuff. You start to have these dreams and, and we, we've heard horrible ideas throughout history of how to accomplish your dreams, okay? There's, there's the kind of, you know, Walt Disney, when you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are, right? Anything your heart desires will come to you. How many people know that when your heart wants something, it never just comes to you? Everything your heart desires will come to you. If you just want something, it will just come to you. Okay, I have a dog, and when he's outside, I want him to come back in the house. No matter how hard I want him to come back in the house, no matter how hard I wish that he would come back in the house, he doesn't ever come back in the house. I have to offer him bribes to get him back in the house. Somehow he doesn't understand the word come after a year of having him in our house. He doesn't understand the word come, but he can hear treat from a mile away. You know, Right now, I just said it here, and at home, he's drooling. Because somehow he heard the word treat. Come, he just stands there and looks at me. Treat, he runs to me. You got the Walt Disney model, when you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. How many know life doesn't work that way? Amen. Mm -hmm. I want money, I want power, I want position. It doesn't come to you. It doesn't come to you. But then you have the Oprah Winfrey model, okay? I love Oprah, I just gotta be honest. She's a hot mess, but I love her, okay? 
she believes some crazy stuff. But Oprah is like the mom of America, okay? So she's like, she's like all of our, she's like a maternal figure to us. So, um, but she had this whole thing about like a, like a, like a wish board, like a manifest board, okay? Now, some of you, I just gotta help you with your words for a second. Every generation has different words that are like key words for their generation. Kenzie and I were looking the other day, different generations and what they say and what their, what their favorite toy was when they were growing up. Come on, if, if you had a Rubik's Cube when you were a kid, wave at me. Okay, you're the generation right above me, all right? If, if you had a fidget spinner, wave at me. You're the generation right behind me. Like, everybody has a different toy that they play with and words that they say, right? My generation and the one after, we say words like bet and cap, no cap. You know, these are the kind of things that we say. The generations before would say things like peachy and keen and all this kind of stuff, right? There's one word that got really popular in the millennial generation, and it is manifest. And this word came from the Oprah Winfrey kind of spiritual thinking. That is, if you just put things up on a board and you law of attraction, you just think about them and you put good vibes out into the world, that you will manifest your desires, that you will manifest. So if you want a jet, you just print out a picture of the jet that you want and you put it on a board and you just focus on it and you think about it and you manifest that jet, okay? And what I love about this is Oprah Winfrey is saying this after she already has the jet. <laughs> she got famous and stupid wealthy. She owns like half of Hawaii, okay? She is stupid wealthy. And then she's trying to tell us, little peons, how to get our jet by manifesting a jet, okay? I remember when I was a kid and I was watching Star Wars for the first time and I tried to turn off so many lights just by using the force. <laughs> I tried to close so many doors using the force. Try to force choke my sister a couple times. <laughs> she and I are fighting and I'm like, <laughs> she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, God oh, dang it. <laughs> Didn't work. Manifest is a really, really, really stupid idea. It's, a, it's an unbiblical idea. It's this idea that somehow if we focus on all these things and we dream about these things and we confess these things that then all of these things will come to us. Actually, some of the word of faith stuff steps into that and it's spooky and it's not Christian, to be honest. To be honest, some of it is this weird thing that like you control things that you don't control, my dude. You don't control the weather, okay? I literally know people who are like, I prayed and it stopped raining. You do not control the weather. You don't control the weather. So let's just, so let's just back up. This manifest thing, it's a spiritual twist. It's not how it really is. You know what the Bible really tells us? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added to you. Manifest is like when you take two magnets and you put both north poles facing each other. You're chasing your dreams and they're running from you every bit as fast as you're running towards them. 
I want health and wealth. Okay, you chase that. Chase that and see how it goes for you. If you chase health and wealth, it's gonna run from you every bit as fast as you're running to it. Or even worse, you succeed in getting what you thought you wanted and it leaves you with an absolute emptiness afterwards. Because you were not meant, you were meant to run on God. You were not meant to run on power and money. And Are you hearing me? But if we seek first the kingdom of God, if we put him first in his righteousness, then the Bible tells us, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all my days, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy will follow you. If you wish upon a star and you think about it and you dream it, it's not coming to you. When you put God first, he brings all the things you need in your life at all the right times. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So it's, it's faithful, faithfulness is the key between where you are and where you wanna be. You're not gonna get where you wanna be by chasing the dream, by chasing the thing. You're gonna get where you wanna be by committing your future to the Lord and trusting in him. Psalm 37, we read it last week. It's my favorite psalm right now. I, I love this. Trust in the Lord and do what's right. Settle in the land and tend to your faithfulness. Then you will take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart or answer your prayers. Commit your future to the Lord, trust in him and he will act on your behalf. In other words, if I'm settled and faithful, then I will take delight in the Lord and he's gonna give me the desires of my heart. There are people in this church who have big dreams and you don't know what to do with them. Big dreams for a business, big dreams for your family, big dreams for, and you don't know what to do with them. And I wanna tell you right now, in 2024, the key will be settling in and being faithful. Be faithful in your finances, be faithful in your marriage, be faithful in your relationships, be faithful in your service, be faithful in everything you do, always putting God before everything else. And if you do that, you can hand God your dreams and desires. You can commit your future to the Lord and he will act on your behalf. There's people here who, you wake up in the morning and you're, you're working on a business idea or you're working on you know, your, your family or whatever dream it is that you have and you're just like, I don't know why this isn't working. And you're starting to wonder like, should I just give up on this dream altogether? No, maybe God gave you that dream, but maybe things are out of order in your life. Maybe you're waking up every day, putting all your energy and stock into this thing rather than trusting in the Lord and doing what's right, settling in the land and tending to your faithfulness. If you do that, if you put God first and just trust in him, then you will take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Your dreams are not that hard to accomplish. What God wants to do in your life is not that hard. It is hard if you're doing it all in your strength, with your energy, and if you're chasing it to be your God. But if you put God before all else, I'm telling you, God will be faithful to act on your behalf.
So next week, we're going to give a bunch of updates about things that we are believing for and moving towards in 2024. But today, what I wanted to do is speak into this a little bit more, that our church, not just what happens here, but what happens in your life in 2024. I believe what God wants to do in your life in 2024 is make that Psalm 37 a reality in your life that by the end of the year, an anxious, worried heart would become a settled and faithful heart. That a, that a heart that is constantly chasing for the next hit and the next high would, would learn to take delight in the Lord. That a heart that's like, God, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Would be like, I can trust in the Lord at all times. That your relationship with God would be the primary thing in your life, your faithfulness to Jesus, would be the primary thing in your life. And then, like a chiropractic adjustment, everything would fall in place. Everything would come into alignment. If you don't believe in chiropractors, that's okay. okay. God is gonna order things properly in your life. If we seek first the kingdom of God, if we're faithful with little, if we put him above all else, God's gonna put everything else in alignment then we will take delight in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our heart. I wanna pray over you. God, thank you for our church. Thank you that both corporately and personally in 2024, you are gonna grow us in the area of faithfulness. God, both, both as a church and as people, you're gonna mature us in faithfulness. You're gonna help us to be faithful with little. God, we're gonna see massive victories in 2024 as we focus on just being faithful with what you've given us. We're gonna see massive victories. We're gonna see breakthrough. We're gonna see all kinds of great things, but our focus is not on the dream or the vision, or our focus is on being faithful to do what you've called us to, faithful today, obedient today, committed today. And God, we believe that at the end of 2024, we're gonna hear your heart over our church, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little, now I'm gonna set you over much. God, help us to be faithful. Help us to put you first above all else. Help us to not live a life of chasing after money and power and any, no. Help us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God, we thank you for it. We thank you that you're gonna help us become faithful with little. In the name of Jesus, come on, everybody said, amen. amen.